When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Dan and welcome to our Friday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast where we are going to preview the Browns and Packers Christmas Day showdown. It's Mary Kay Cabot, Scott Patsko, Ashley Bastock, and I. We come up with prop bets, we make our predictions for the game at the very end of the pod, so stick around for that as we get you ready for Browns Packers. Now, if you're listening to this here on Christmas Eve, there is still time if you need a last minute present to make football insider someone's presence. Go to cleveland.com slash browns. Click the blue banner at the top of the page to get info and get it as a gift. Get it for yourself. Whatever you want to do. Football Insider. Cleveland.com slash Browns. The blue banner at the top of the page. Okay, here we go. Our Friday Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Here we go on our Friday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Back previewing the game as we always do. Browns at Packers on Christmas Day. Uh, let's get right to it. Throwing out some predictions. Ashley, you're first this week. I'm first. Um, well, this is definitely the first over-under style prediction that I've thrown out on the Friday edition of our podcast. So looking at some numbers for both of these teams over the last few weeks, over-under the number of takeaways the Browns defense gets in this game, I am setting it at two. I'm curious everyone's thoughts. Hmm. Just interceptions, right? I or just takeaways. Takeaways, period. Just looking at the number of like total takeaways the Browns have gotten over the last like four weeks, but yeah, that was kind of where I where my thinking was. So this is also probably where we mentioned that uh, the Browns are going to play this game without John Johnson, and we don't know the status of Miles Garrett. Probably going to be out there, but we don't know how often and how close to 100. Well, he's not going to be close to 100%, but how mobile and able to get after the quarterback he's going to be. So um, this is a tough one. I mean, Aaron Rodgers does not really turn the ball over much lately. And I I have the Packers uh, giveaways here. Uh, They've only had one giveaway in their last four games. So this this is a tough one to figure out. That's when the offense has been rolling, too. Um, they scored over 30 points in each of those games. I'm going I'm I'm to go ahead, Scott. I was going to take the under um, on this. I, if the Browns are going to win, they probably have to have a turnover. Um, I don't see this becoming a two-plus turnover game like crazy, like, uh, like the Baltimore game or, or last year against the Steelers. Um, it's not going to be that merry of a Christmas. For the Browns, I don't think uh, I I can see them getting a turnover. I don't think it's going to be uh, over or over two. You know, I think I'm going to take the under as well because the Green Bay Packers have the fewest amount of giveaways in the NFL this season. They've only given it away ten times. That's shocking uh, when you consider that. Let me see if I can find this real super super quick. Um, the team with the most giveaways has 26 and that's the jets. So 10 
giveaways the whole entire season. And that's on five interceptions and five fumbles. So I'm going to take the under on this. I, I think the Browns can get maybe one takeaway and they're good at it. I mean, they're getting really, really good at it. Uh, but I, I think the Packers, they're going to be at home. They still have a lot to play for. They're going to try to protect the football. I figured out that they're, I, I saw a stat where they're 20 and two at home under Matt LaFleur. So I think they're going to play some good football. It's Christmas day. They're going to be fired up. I'm taking the under. Yeah. And it mixed in with that 10 is three in that really weird week one game. So they've only had seven giveaways. They had two against Kansas city. Um, so really five of their 10 have come in, in two games. A part of me really wants to say push here. Like maybe Denzel's going to get one and maybe, maybe they're going to force a fumble. So I think I'm just going to say it. I'm going to, I'm going to go right at two. I think, somehow the Browns are going to come up with two turnovers. It doesn't change how I feel this game's going to go necessarily, but I do think they'll figure out a way somehow to come up with two and at least kind of keep things interesting in this game. But Ashley, I'm curious kind of how you came up with that number and what you think. Well, looking at the last four games, they've forced at least, they've gotten two takeaways in each of the last four games. And then obviously that Baltimore game, they got four. So I was thinking about that. I was thinking about the Packers and Aaron Rodgers don't really turn the ball over a whole lot. So I thought two was like a pretty decent number to set it at. Given some of the personnel issues on the Browns, I think I would probably take the under when I originally came up with this earlier today and we didn't know for sure about JJ3 yet, um, didn't get an official word on Miles yet or anything. Um, hearing him talk, I mean, it sounds like he is going to do everything he can to play, but knowing he's probably not going to be at 100% either, um, I, I'm still leaning slightly towards the under. And again, just knowing Aaron Rodgers does not throw interceptions. <laughs> He's not really throwing a whole lot right now. I don't know, even with Denzel out there, I'm not entirely sure they can get that to keep that streak up that they've had going the last four games. But I thought that was a fair setting for this defense right now, considering they've really seemed to find a rhythm uh, with getting those takeaways these last handful of weeks. Yeah, I mean, going back to Cincinnati, they've had multiple takeaways in all but one game. Uh, two, four, eight, 10, 13 takeaways going back to that game. The only game they didn't get one was against New England, um, which, you know, you kind of look at it and you're like, boy, this team just hasn't done, this team hasn't played well when they've played good high-level teams like New England, for example. So, uh, you know, I don't know how much you want to read into the fact that they're playing, again, another good high-level team. Uh, but I'm going to do it. I'm taking the push. Be different. Dare to be different. <laughs> Listen, I've been wrong enough that it just rolls. It rolls off me. I don't, it doesn't bother me anymore. Well, Grant Delpit is back for this game. Uh, so that will help them. We know, you know, Greg Newsom is going to be out for this game. Troy Hill is out for this game. Uh, as you mentioned, JJ three is out, but you still have Denzel. You still have greedy and you still have Grant that we know about right now. And I think those guys are all capable if they get some good pressure up front, those guys are all capable of picking the ball off. I mean, it's not going to be easy, but they're better at it than a lot of teams. Okay, Scott, you're up. Uh, before I get to mine, I got to ask, is Mary Kay been chewing on poinsettias or something? It sounds like she's <laughs> losing her voice. Are you losing your voice? I am totally losing my voice. I, uh, I have lost it. Yes. I have lost my voice. Hopefully it will come back soon. And I'm sorry that I sound like this. I used to sound like this all the time. 
when I was younger. And then I actually had vocal nodules removed. And then now I have this mellifluous voice. I can sing like Adele, yeah. um, <laughs> which we'll try that on another podcast. I'll prove it. But, um, but yeah, here, here I am back to being 17 years old. All right. Well, I just had to confirm that. I don't know. And by the way, I, I just want also like you've heard that too, like eating poinsettias will make you lose your voice. That wasn't just my mom telling me that to I've never make heard sure that. I didn't eat plants. I think that might have been just a you thing. I think that might have been just a you thing. Were you eating them a lot as a kid? Were you eating that? Yeah. What was going on at your house, Scott? I I don't know. I I just always, maybe, I don't know. That's what I was told. (laughs) I learned something new every day. I'm going to have to confront my mom on this. Yeah. Are you you sure she didn't mean the cats? Because the cats can eat the poinsettias. Yeah, that's dangerous for cats. That's right. That's right. So anyway, we've learned. We've learned two things already on this podcast that Mary Kay yes. sang and that Scott used to eat poinsettias as, as a kid to the point where his mom. Well, I didn't friend. eat them because I was afraid I might lose my voice. Okay. <laughs> so anyways, um, so my prediction has to do with the run game and it's an either or who will have more rushing yards, Nick Chubb or the combo of Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. Chubb averages about 92 and a half yards per game at this point. Uh, Jones and Dillon uh, are averaging 50 and 45. So you put them together 95 as a duo. So they're pretty close. Obviously the Packers are not fueled by their run game. Uh, and I think if the Browns are able to get more yards out of Chubb, then it probably bodes well for them, you know, having success in this game. Um, I'm going to go with Chubb on this. I think he does outrush them. Um, I'm not going to reveal what I'm picking for my, uh, game prediction, but I do think Nick Chubb, outrushes Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon in this game. So here we go. Another little newsy item to go with this one, of course, is the Browns are more than likely going to be playing this game without J.C. Treader. Um, so you're, you're probably going to have Nick Harris at center. We've never seen him play center in a regular season game. Uh, last year he played some guard. Seemed to do okay when he came in against the Giants, but struggled against the Jets the following week. Uh, so that certainly impacts the run game depending on we just don't know what Nick Harris is going to look like is, is he going to be JC Treader light or is he going to struggle so I, I think that's a big piece of this um as, as well I, I mean I would like to see the Browns kind of just try to run the football in this game with, with Baker having not practiced maybe you control the clock a little bit you know I asked Mary Kay on on Monday like can the Browns try to be the Colts for the rest of the season you know, and, and just sort of focus on letting Nick Chubb be jo- be Jonathan Taylor. I don't know if they can do that. I don't know if the line is healthy enough for them to do that. But I, I would like to see them kind of turn to Nick Chubb in this game if he is 100% or close to it and let him kind of control things. So I'm going to say, I, I think I'm going to go with Nick. Yeah, actually, you know what? No, I'm going to go with the, the other side. I'm so bad at this. I'm going to go with the other side just because the flip side of this is I'm just not sure what the Browns are going to have on their defensive line in this game. So I'm going to say that it's going to be the Packers run game. You know, I I think I'm going to go with the Packers as well, because I don't know, I've just been watching Nick over the last three weeks and something sort of seems off and his per carry average is down. He hasn't carried, he hasn't averaged, He hasn't hit 4.0 in either of his last three games. And he just hasn't seemed himself. Now, 
I don't think that's just because of him. I think it's the lack of continuity on the offensive line. I just think, you know, the, the revolving door at the tackle spots and, and now as, as Dan mentioned to not have JC Treader in there, I, I think that's going to impact a lot of different things. I mean, they did not have time to practice this all week. I mean, this just hit them. So they did not have Baker Mayfield and Nick Harris practicing the center quarterback snap exchange or anything all week. And I think the Packers are going to really try to take advantage of that, capitalize on that. So I think if Nick is in there and then you've got James Hudson coming back, we don't know for sure if Jed Wills is going to be back. So I just don't think they have the cohesiveness that they did earlier in the season. Therefore, I think I am going to go with the Packers. As, as once again, as you mentioned, Dan, defensive line. If Jadavian Clowney's not out there, you know, that hurts them a lot in the running game. That hurts them a lot in the running game. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Packers on this one. Yeah. So Nick Harris has not played an offensive snap, correct, this season? Correct. So the combination of that, the combination of James Hudson having the worst run blocking grade on the team, according to PFF, he's at a 30.8 for this season, I believe they have him at right now. So that coupled with kind of what Mary Kay was saying, Nick Chubb hasn't run for over 100 yards since in a single game, since that Lions game. And I kind of think the line has a lot to do with that. I kind of think it's just this offense, you know, we've talked so much about there not being that certain X factor element, like flash, whatever you want to say that it's too predictable, things like that. I think combined with all of that, I am also going to take the Packers side of things. And until, you know, until Nick has another one of those big games, which I think he's due for one. I mean, it's been since November 21st that he's run for over a hundred yards. So um, I think just given that I'm going to go with the other side and especially with all the offensive line issues the Browns are having right now. I think the other piece of it too is how the defense has to play um, because I mean, the Browns just have to be so concerned with Devonte Adams and you know, they don't really follow a whole lot. So I don't think it's going to be just Denzel Ward versus Devonte Adams all day. They just have to be more concerned with the Packers downfield attack than the Packers are going to be with the Browns. And so I think that maybe opens up some opportunities in the run game as well for Green Bay. But your hope is we know that Nick Chubb can break off an 80-yard run at any given time. So he doesn't want, you know, a 60, 70-yard run. All of a sudden now that's when he has that 150-yard game and you're in line to maybe pull an upset. That's that's one of the things that is in their favor that the Packers aren't really great at uh, limiting those runs. They're ranked 22nd in defending the run against explosive plays. Um, Browns really haven't played many teams ranked low on that list uh, over the second half of this season. Um, as a matter of fact, the Packers are the lowest team. So I'm looking at this list now that they will have played um, over that stretch. So there is that. And the fact that, uh, Jones and Dylan are not those guys. They are not elusive, or at least not you know, nowhere near elusive as Chubb. And they don't, um, they're not among the league leaders in those 10, 15 yard runs. So uh, the Packers do get more rushing yards. It's just going to be like pounding it to death. Uh, whereas, you know, if Chubb does 
it's, it's probably going to include some, some 20, 25 yard runs in there. Okay. Mary Kay, what's yours? Mine is, I am going to do uh, something having to do with Aaron Rodgers, and he has been on fire lately, despite the fact that he's got a broken pinky toe, and I feel so bad for him about that, <laughs> but even with the broken pinky toe, he his last four ratings have been 148.4, 97.2, 141.1, 131.1, 132 uh, and on the season, he leads the NFL with a 110.4 rating. And if you knock out that KC game in the beginning, which what the heck was that, by the way? Like, what was that? Uh, his rating since then. Uh, oh, the Saints game, you mean? I mean, yes. Yeah. Yes. Kicks up to 115.4. So uh, he's been pretty incredible. My over and under is for, for Aaron Rodgers in this game is 115 point zero over and under what do you guys think i'm gonna hmm. let somebody else go first on this i i think he does uh i don't see aaron Rodgers having a his he really hasn't had i mean his two worst games were the, the week one there and then at seattle game they still won that 17 nothing against seattle i I don't see him having a, a bad game or being a reason why if they lose that, you know, that he would be the reason I, I think Aaron Rodgers plays well on this. So I'm going to take over. Um, yeah. <laughs> he's good. <laughs> yeah, He's good. They might have, they might have something in that number 12. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you mean John wick? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think I'm also going to, take the over i mean we've kind of been over everything off the defensive issues a little bit here already for the browns and uh just the lack of personnel and i don't know it's just like you watch the packers and they're just clicking and i know you guys either talked about this on the hey mary k pod or the gotta watch the tape pod I'm, they're all blending together for me as a listener now but like you just look at him and like know that there he's one of those guys that you're always going to have a chance to win the game at the end of the game I don't think he's going to lose against the Browns with how the Browns are playing right now. I think he's going to probably have a pretty good afternoon at home on Christmas in a, what I'm assuming is going to be a pretty great environment for them. So kind of just coupled with everything else that's going on in Cleveland currently, I'll take the over. I, I might take the under, but like a slight under. Like it's, it's not going to be like a 72, but I, I do think the Browns defense is going to be like up for the task enough to at least have it not be like 140. So I'll take a slight under on this. I think he's still going to play a really good game. Also, I have like, I have no idea how quarterback rating is. It's figured out. I said, but I said earlier that, that yeah. they would, I gave, I did the push on two turnovers. So I guess like I, I have to take a slight under, I think it's still going to be a, a pretty high rating, but I'll go slightly under that 115 number. Yeah. If he's throwing two picks, like if you're, if you're looking at that as being the turnovers, then it's going to be, it's going to be tough for him to, to top that, that kind of QB rating. We must also throw out the caveat that if De Devontae Adams tests positive for COVID between now and the football game, 
that's going to change everything. And the only reason why I even say that as a possibility is because one of the receivers has already tested positive. And once a room tests positive, somebody in the room does, anything can happen. So they better just put him in bubble wrap <laughs> and keep him away from everybody if, if they want him to play in this football game. Can I, can I just, let's spice this pot up a little bit. <laughs> Speaking of Aaron Rodgers, I thought, I thought of this. Um, this time a year from now, what's more likely? I think Ashley might know where I'm going with this. What's more likely? Aaron Rodgers is starting for the Packers or Baker Mayfield is starting for the Browns? Baker Mayfield starting for the Browns. Ooh. I think Aaron Rodgers is running out the door as soon as this season's over, wherever it ends for them. Uh, I think Baker's more likely to be starting at this point. I don't remember if it was on the Pat McAfee show or whatever recently where the he Aaron Rodgers had that weird quote again about being happy in Green Bay, like whether or not he was happy there. I don't remember exactly what it was. If you go to Twitter, I'm sure you can find it fairly easily. So yeah, I'm going to also say Baker starting for the Browns. What if it's Aaron Rodgers starting for the Browns? <laughs> I almost, uh, I almost went that route. I almost that's went what that I route. thought I you thought were that's what yeah. I thought. Little Who's bit more likely that. to be starting for the Browns? Yeah, that's that's the exact route I thought you were going, and then you said it, and I was like, "Oh, that's a bit more conservative than I yeah. thought Dan was going to go." I felt like that was a little bit too far for uh, yeah. for December twenty third here. These are bold predictions, Dan. <laughs> go bold or go home. Um, well, I, I I also thought like realistically that the aunt, I don't know I don't see Aaron ending up in Cleveland. No, I know I'm I'm kidding. I think that's one of the interesting things is is that. If, if and when the Browns do decide to make that change, if they want a different quarterback for next year, that, that's going to be a factor. I mean, you have to, you know, you have to hope that some of the bigger name guys like the Russell Wilsons would want to come here. I mean, they make their lists and, you know, Cleveland just doesn't necessarily always end up high on the list. But once you would get a guy into town and show him the offensive line and show him the defense and show him the running backs and, show them the terminal tower and the rock hall and the pro football hall of fame. What's not to love. What is not to love. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to come to Cleveland, but he happens to tour the, the rock and roll hall of fame. And it's like, Oh, you know what? I might get a, I might get a membership here. There you it's go. Right next door to work. It's literally right yeah. next to this place of work in theory. If you would come Alice, Alice Cooper lives there. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, the thing about the rock hall is you go a second time and you're like, okay, well, this is all the same stuff. So, what would it be? State Farm commercials instead of progressive commercials? Would he have to switch to progressive? Mm. Don't don't listen to any of this, Aaron. Don't listen to any of this. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't listen to these naysayers. I didn't really here. give my answer. I didn't really give my answer, but I think I'm going to say Aaron Rodgers. That's kind of that's kind of how I feel too. Like. I understand the whole Aaron Rodgers Green Bay thing, but I don't know. I think he might look around and see the situations out there, you know, unless he wants to go someplace like Pittsburgh or I don't know. I don't know how many better situations there are going to be for him unless it's just a lifestyle choice. Like he wants to be closer to California or something. Um, if, if, it's a, if it's a football decision, I don't know how many situations he's going to find out there that are better. I mean, I always thought the whole idea of Green Bay didn't support him was kind of silly, 
I just don't know how many positions he's how many football situations that are better than what the Packers have right now. Pittsburgh. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> They're, that's, that's the scariest thing for Browns fans is are one of these guys who went out going to end up in Pittsburgh. But again, again, sort of like Cleveland, I don't know how many, how many of these guys are putting Pittsburgh on their list of places they want to live. But well, look, if, if Joe Burrow can be happy in Cincinnati where there's nothing to do ever <laughs> and no reason to even leave your house. He's even, not lying. Even for the bad children. <laughs> Aaron Hurricanes with me on Skyline. I'm so happy to hear. <laughs> Wait, what's the Skyline stance? Now we're going, now we're I, way I off hate, the rails. I hate Skyline. I'm sorry to any Cincinnati based listeners of this podcast. It like they Horrible. had it in the press box at the Browns Bengals game. And like the smell alone, I just can't, I can't take it. I can't take Ugh. it. I can't do it. I'm, I'm not a big chili, chili guy, to be honest with you. It's never been my my thing. But has Joe Burrow never been to the Newport Aquarium? It's right across the river. It's great. Come on, Joe. Go visit not the at, penguins. Not at 1 a.m. on a Friday. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This was my actual, uh, I guess I threw out a bonus, a bonus prediction there. This was my actual prediction. And, and I came up with that just watching that game on Monday night. And it's been an ongoing issue for the Browns all season. They cannot substitute. They cannot get guys on and off the field. And it was happening again Monday. They were running guys off late. Now, in their defense on Monday, they had practice squad guys. They, they had all sorts of guys. And there is no one better in football than seeing someone run off. No one better at seeing someone run off and getting the ball snapped and getting those cheap 12-men penalties than Aaron Rodgers. So over under – two 12 men penalties on the Browns. Let's go two and a half, two and a half, 12 men on the field penalties against the Browns on Sunday, Saturday. I'm going to take the under, but just like at two, because I know, I think it's going to be more than one. Uh, And Dan, I know we talked about that. I think in real time at the game. And I think you tweeted (laughs) something about Aaron Rodgers licking his chops at the number of 12 man penalties. He might have a chance at getting so I think the Browns are going to get a couple, but I'm going to, I'm going to take the slight under on this. I don't know how often they go no huddle. Cause that's going to have a lot to do with it. And that's when some of this stuff has happened when other teams kind of speed up um, and the Browns just kind of, you know, get caught in between personnel groupings. Uh, but since it's been happening more lately, I'll go ahead and, and take that over. Uh, Sure. I, I think it seems likely to happen. You have a team that's had trouble and you have a quarterback that's smart. So it's, it seems like it's waiting to happen for sure. Well, there's another reason why it could happen this game. And that is that their green sticker guy is out. Did we mention that? That's true. Yeah, we, we did. We didn't mention that he was the green sticker guy though. Yeah. Green sticker dude is, uh, is out in John Johnson, the third, and he's been, he's been wearing that green sticker since the beginning of the season when they started out with Anthony Walker doing it. And then they couldn't have Anthony Walker do it anymore because he's not on the field enough. You need somebody that's on the field almost all the time. And last week they didn't have to worry about it. They didn't have to worry about making a decision because John Johnson three came back and played the game, but now somebody else has to do it. So I do think there can be communication problems, but I think the fact that they had enough of them last week, 
I think they probably made it a point of emphasis this week. So I'm still going to take the under. I, I think it, I think it'll be two, but but not more than two and a half. Although here's here's some information on, on Green Bay's pace of play. They are ranked 32nd in pace of play. Yeah. Uh, so maybe that helps the Browns. But it just it just does seem like watching film of the Browns, the Packers are going to realize that hey, if we if we just go no huddle for a few plays here, we could get some some cheap yards out of it for sure. Yeah, and and some of that it's it's funny you brought that up. I looked that up too uh, today. Uh, so, some of that is Aaron Rodgers is a little he's got a little Philip Rivers in him. He likes to get up to the line and, and make you kind of show your hand. Yeah, you know, so he'll let that play clock run down uh, under five before he snaps it, but. And he sees somebody running off. And he, I think he got Baltimore at least once last week. Um, he sees somebody running off. He's, <laughs> he, he gets the ball snapped. It, it's one of the things that he does. One of the many, many things that he does really well. I'm going to take the over. I'm going to say three. I'm going to say that he gets three. Okay, did we have any other uh, props we wanted to throw out here? I, I did have one about special teams okay. uh, that I wanted to, to throw out. And I mentioned this on God I Watch Tape, how bad the Packers have been on special teams. It's not just one area either. It's we all remember their issues with, with kicking against the Bengals, uh, but just special teams overall. They're last in DVOA. They're last in PFF grading. They give up 13.4 yards per punt return, which is worst in the league. Um, so, and the Browns rank sixth. I, I was kind of surprised they rank sixth in PFF grading on special teams. And that's even with all the issues Chase McLaughlin has had over the second half of this season. Um, so I just. I was going to throw out, uh, do we think the Browns get a kick return touchdown in this game? The Bears did it, but the Bears are also very good on special teams. Um, the Raiders, pretty bad on special teams, and the Browns weren't able to to bust one, although they only had one punt return. I don't know how many punt returns the Browns are have in this game, but they <laughs> maybe have a potential for a few more kickoff returns uh, in this game. But, uh, yeah, touchdown, touchdown return against the Packers on special teams. Yay or nay? I'm going to say nay just because it's so rare. But I do, th- if JoJo Natson is the returner, I think they can get a big one. If it's Felton, if it's Dearness Johnson, probably not. But I think if JoJo Natson, if they bring him up to return kicks, I think they can at least get a big one. So I'm going to say no touchdown, but I will say a big return. And I know that DPJ had 20 yards on his punt return. I cannot remember the specifics of that. If it was a bad kick where he got 10 free yards or not, but I know it was, I mean, 20 yard punt return is obviously good. Um, so they did have that last week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was going to say the same thing about Jojo coming back. He's off of COVID-19 reserve and with Felton muffing a couple of punts and goofing around back there, I could see them using Jojo. Anthony Schwartz, you know, he's back, but coming off a concussion, they're not, I don't think they're going to use him all too much on returns, although maybe one more week removed, they'd feel comfortable doing that. Uh, those two guys have the speed, definitely to do it, but I'm going to say that it's not going to happen. Yeah, I'm also going to say it's not going to happen. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but they don't have a special teams touchdown this year returning a kick or a punt, right? So, like, I just don't – I'll believe it when I see it type of thing, I guess. And I, I can't see that going their way this week when, I don't know, so much else is going on with this team right now. I'm not very optimistic in general about this game, and I'm not too optimistic about this just because I'm not optimistic about much else. 
I'll uh, well, fine I'll then. I'm gonna say they do it. <laughs> do it, Scott. Yes. Doug isn't here. Somebody needs to disagree with me just for right. the sake of it. I, I was gonna say I'm gonna fill the role of Doug here with, with the Anthony Schwartz thing, and like if he's the kick returner too. I just I, I'm kind of to the point where I think Doug is like until Anthony Schwartz does it, I just can't. I can't count on him to do anything. And like, even when he was returning kicks, it just wasn't good. So uh, I think this might end up and he, who knows, maybe he catches two 50 yard touchdowns on Saturday and proves me wrong, but I'm, I'm very much, yeah. this is, this is just going to be a lost year for Anthony Schwartz camp. Weren't we, weren't we not allowed to talk about Anthony Schwartz yes. anymore? We put the quota. Well, Doug's not on here, but in, in my <laughs> own sense on Anthony Schwartz, because I did think, that they would find a way to get the ball in his hands this season on a couple of go routes and in the return game. So I did think that combined on jet sweeps, a couple of receiving touchdowns and maybe a return that he could have up to five touchdowns, but he has been so injured all season long that he was not able to do any of that. It was just hamstring. And then you go right into basically concussion. So it just, it was a lost season for Anthony but I don't think so, you know, because of necessarily all because of talent and he still has to prove himself, but I think more so because of injuries. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you on that. I, I, I think we don't know who he is because of that stuff, but I think that's why this might just end up being a lost year for him, unfortunately. But luckily he's with a very patient football team. By the way, Chase McLaughlin, we should talk about that since we're talking about special teams. The Browns are sticking with him. I think we're all probably a little bit surprised. Are they going to regret this? I'm really worried that on Sunday we, or on Saturday or even against Pittsburgh, we might be sitting there asking Kevin Stefanski, like, you know, what were you guys thinking? We've been you asking that for two weeks now. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what. I think, you know what I think they were thinking? Short week. Can't get anybody in here. Logistics too hard to like figure it out even with COVID protocols and with 21 guys still out on COVID-19 reserve and all the moves that they had to make. I just think it was, let's get through this week and reevaluate it after this game. I think it was more a function of, we just can't deal with this right now. It's, yeah. we, don't have, we don't have time. We're not going to be practicing. We don't have time to get these guys together to get the whole sequence down. That's what I think it was. Short week, can't happen. I mean, they do have a kicker on practice squad, you know, who's been there for a while. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm just surprised he's lasted this long. Yeah, and I know, like, Dan and I last week were talking as we were leaving the stadium about how things are different, like, this year with these kickers, with a lot of teams having them on the practice squads now, with a certain what is it four players that you're you can protect each week on the practice squad that another team yeah. can't come and take so I just think the pool is smaller and like I know like Doug made the point I gotta watch the tape with the punter they essentially got got someone off the street and he came in and outperformed Jamie Gillen and that's you, that is a possibility but I just think you know to go along with Mary Kay's point about that this just isn't as easy I think as people want it to be it's not as easy as it would be in basically any other year because of all this COVID stuff that's currently going on and some of the rules that have been in place to try to help teams if there is an outbreak or things like that. So um, I, ju I just think it's going to take a little more time than on a short week what they have. And, and Mary Casey, we're laying that out. It hit me. The Browns kicking situation right now is like, we all have something in our lives right now where it's like, you know what? I just can't deal with this right now. The kicking situation is like the 
I don't know, the, the messy living room of the Browns. Like, you know what? Needs to get clean, but I can't deal with this right now. Absolutely, 100%. Because there's no way that you would give a vote of confidence to Chase McLaughlin right now if you had a better alternative. You just wouldn't do it. There just couldn't, it was just, it was just overload for them with everything they've had to deal with. And not knowing even if, if their starting quarterback is going to be back in time for this game. I mean, he should be, but, you know, still thinks a lot still has to happen. Here we go. We got to make our picks for this one. Uh, again, maybe we should just chalk this up to like, you just can't deal with this right now, but we have to do it. Uh, okay. As it stands right now, the Browns are underdogs by seven and a half points. Ooh. The over-under on this game is 45 and a half. As Kevin Stefanski has said, the only show in town. I'm just going to put it out there. Is anybody going to make the Browns pick? If you're going to pick the Browns, you get to go. Well, just, just make your picks and we'll go through. Okay. All right. Are we all going to make like a collective pick? <laughs> all right. Well, I'm taking the Packers in this game. And I do think, I think they'll cover that seven and a half. I think it might be able to feel a little bit closer than that. But I think the Packers end up winning this game by about 10. As I mentioned earlier, um, Matt LaFleur, I was very surprised to see that he was 20 and two at home. That's quite a formidable stat. Um, and there are plenty of other stats just like that. I'm sure the December stats are off the charts and Aaron and all of that. But isn't there always that one weirdo game, you know, that towards the end of the season where you're just like, where did that come from? Like, what? the heck happened and there's just a small part of me that thinks wow what if this is that game what what if they do get a couple of takeaways what if you know miles plays and he's plays with his hair on fire what if you know what if what if but it's still too hard for me to believe that they're actually going to go into lambeau and win this football game with all of the craziness that's happened with them over the last few weeks i think their defense for the most part will probably give you know, we'll probably give them a pretty good battle in some respects, but I, I just don't think they're going to win. I, I think the Packers are definitely winning this game. I, I did wrestle with the like more desperate team thing because the Packers have clinched the division, but the Packers are still playing for home field too. So I, I couldn't even get myself there using that argument. Yeah, I'm going to say the Packers. 28 17 like right around that over under I think that is the over I can't do math that quickly but <laughs> I I just think we we've kind of chalked it out like I I just don't see the Browns winning this game and maybe I'm wrong and what a story that will be if we are all wrong and uh, especially after that Raiders game it's a short week the questions about you know who's even going to be back and the fact that even if they do get some of these guys back they won't have gone through a practice like in two weeks basically since the Browns didn't really have practices last week and most of them were out for the entirety of last week the guys on the COVID list so I just think it's a really tough task to go into Lambeau on Christmas Day and pull out this wind and for the last few weeks now I think we've all kind of conceded that this was the game they are most likely to lose so I'm sticking with that. So your flaws in all your predictions is that you tried to use reason in coming up with them. <laughs> what has happened this season in the Brown season that we thought was going to happen? Absolutely nothing. That's fair. They had a big lead on the Chiefs. 
You got, I don't know, what, 130, 140 yards, whatever it was from Ernest Johnson against the Broncos. They, they pick off Lamar Jackson four times and lose. They almost beat the Raiders last week with all the issues they had. I mean, getting blown out by the Patriots. I mean, yeah, they're, they're on a roll now, but nobody saw that coming. Nobody saw them blowing out the Bengals when they won that game. Like nothing has happened this season that we thought was going to happen. So I'm going with the Browns in this game for no logical reason other than it's not supposed to happen. I, they're 27-24, Chase McLaughlin hits a game-winning field goal. That's, wow. that's what's going to happen. Wow. Because wow. it's not supposed to happen. That was a Why would anybody think that's going to happen? That was a bigger vote of confidence from Scott than we got from Kevin <laughs> Stefanski this week in Chase McLaughlin. Um, Doug, Doug, I can hear Doug screaming from his home right now. He's not on this podcast, please. but I can hear <laughs> he's him dialing now. into the Zoom call right now. Yeah, he's gonna hop on. That's like the uh, he's he he heard the call and he will be dialing in momentarily. I think that that is uh, called going big or going home. I mean, that is a nice bold. <laughs> prediction especially i mean think about the fact that the browns have offense has scored 17 points or fewer in nine of their last 11 games mm-hmm. it just blows my mind that that has happened but like you said and i do have this little feeling in the back of my mind that it could be one of those games where the team rises up out of the ashes and does something surprising and catches a team like green bay off guard somehow, some way. I don't know. It would be, that would be a Christmas miracle. Yeah. That would definitely be a Christmas miracle. And if they do, I mean, that that would qualify as somebody like Dan was talking about last week, somebody winning a game they're not supposed to win in this division and going a long way. I mean, if they win this game, I think at that point, I'd probably pick them to win out the next two weeks too, but. Well, that, well then they turn around and blow it against yeah. the Steelers, but at least you'd have Christmas, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Well, well, Scott, Christmas. Scott's either right or he's been eating too many poinsettias. One of those two. Yes, exactly. One or the other. <laughs> Calling All your right. mom right after this. <laughs> Please call your mom because I, I we need to know if she was eating some of the little points in the stuff herself. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for uh, our prediction our podcast here on the orange and brown talk podcast we will be back on christmas night with our post game podcast schedule will be a little bit different again kind of coming out of that with the weird week uh we'll be back after that on tuesday with the uh the hey mary Kay edition and we'll be back on our normal schedule uh leading up to that monday night in heinz field which we've been warning you all about for a while here so just you know we've been on that all over it uh, so anyway, make sure you're subscribed to this podcast wherever you listen to your pods. And also make sure you're a Football Insider subscriber, cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page uh, for all the info and to get signed up. And there's still time when you hear this to even buy someone a little Football Insider subscription for Christmas. If you need a last minute gift, why not do it? Cleveland.com slash Browns. All right. For Ashley Scott and Mary Pam Dan, thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs>